passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to another episode of Thunderstruck, our look back at the uh, life career matches of one Jushin Thunder Liger as uh, we're days out as of this recording from his uh, impending retirement on uh, 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 January 6th at uh, New Year's Dash. And of course, his last match will be on uh, January 5th at uh, the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. But uh, we're not going to talk about 2020 Jushin Thunder Liger. We're going to go back all the way to uh, 2016. And uh, before we get to that match, I want to introduce my special guest. He's uh, the co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, he is an uh, expert on the strong hearts as well. As among, among other things, uh, he is Case Low. Case, how are you today? I'm very well. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be talking about Jushin Thunder Liger. And I'm I'm incredibly excited to discuss the match that we'll be discussing in just a little bit. Yeah, so you you do the uh, Open the Voice Gate show with a previous guest on Thunderstruck, uh, one Iron Mike Spears. Uh, tell us about your fandom as a professional wrestling fan in general. Tell us about your fandom about Japanese professional wrestling. And then more specifically, I guess, uh, a bit about, you know, like your fandom for, for Dragon Gate and the Stronghearts. Uh, and of course, Jushin Thunder Liger, maybe in that order. Yeah, let me let me see if I can break that down. The the first time I saw professional wrestling, and I and I've told this story on one other podcast before, but it actually involved a Japanese wrestler. For whatever reason, I discovered a VHS of the first episode of WWE's Velocity, and the opening match was Billy Kidman versus Tajiri in this twelve minute excellent TV match. Lots of limb work, lots of kicks, very much a junior heavyweight style match that just so happened to be taking place in the WWE universe. And for whatever reason, I was I was three years old at the time. That would have been 2002. So I didn't exactly know what I was watching or dealing with. All I know is that for the next few years, I just had this one VHS tape with action that I really, really enjoyed. And it wasn't until the end of kind of 2005, early 2006, where I really put it all together. And then from there, watched Friday Night's SmackDown religiously for all of 2006 into 2007, kind of fell out of it for a little bit, and then kind of around 2011, 2012, got back into it, and that is when I picked up uh, independent wrestling at first and then Japanese wrestling. The first bit of Japanese wrestling I would have seen, I, I definitely, there was a point in time where I realized it existed, and that was likely due to Ring of Honor, because at the time, I was not only very into the current state of Ring of Honor, but I... I decided for whatever reason that I needed to see everything Ring of Honor had ever done before. And so there's a very large portion of my life where I was watching Ring of Honor archives religiously. And I was trying to see every match that mattered in that promotion's history. And a lot of those featured Japanese wrestlers. So from there, I remember sitting down and watching uh, Super J Cup 1994 
because Colt Cabana had mentioned that on one of his podcasts of just kind of offhandedly, well, you know, every real wrestling fan has seen Super Jacob 94. That was kind of the essential tape of the time. And I go, well, oh, I want to be a real wrestling fan. I need to go watch that. So I watched that. And then from there, uh, my brain exploded. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then I remember watching a lot of pro wrestling Noah after that because Noah was kind of the most accessible company at the time because their stuff was on YouTube. So whether it be Kobashi versus Masawa in 2003 or a newer match, you know, a Zack Sabre Jr. Young Boys match or Taiji Ishimori, whoever was the hot commodity in Noah in 2012, 2013, that was kind of where I got my start. And then from there to transition to Dragon Gate, I became a huge fan of Dragon Gate USA and all the American wrestlers they were bringing in. And then when I would watch these Dragon Gate USA shows, I would go, oh my God, who are these Japanese guys? I need to watch more of this. And that is kind of around the time, the summer of 2013 is when I really started following Dragon Gate full time. And I, I, I've been obsessed ever since. I, I, It's not something that I'm proud of, but I've now been covering Dragon Gate for a quarter of my life. I've been doing it for five years for Voices wrestling.com and i am very proud of the work i've done there um and then as for liger i would have seen him at the super j cup 94 and then again i think my first foray into any liger stuff outside of that would have probably been his noah 2003 run the junior heavyweight heavyweight run where he wrestled kenta and mara fuji that's kind of the first time i remember going like oh my god this jushin thunder liger dude he's he's incredible and that's you know, weirdly enough, just a totally different side of Liger that was rarely seen. So I hope that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, so you you, you do cover Dragon Gate for Voices of Wrestling on the Open the Voice Gate show that we mentioned before. But how did you get hooked up with uh, Mike Spears to do that show? That is a good question because I was on the original Open the Voice Gate cast, and it was me and John Carroll and then someone who used to be pretty active in the scene – named Milo, and then uh, there was a fourth chair on that show who, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of, and that probably says everything you need to know about those first few Open the Voice Gate shows, and at the time, Mike Spears, I believe, had the idea of starting another Drangate podcast, not in competition, it just so happened that we started the podcast around the same time, that never got off the ground, we kind of invited Mike into Open the Voice Gate, and then I went away for a little bit, John went away, Milo went away, Mike was doing it by himself for a little bit, and then due to a variety of reasons, I kind of came back into the fold, and now uh, I consider Mike Spears to be a friend, I think he's a terrific person, and we record Open the Voice Gate basically whenever's needed, we don't have a set schedule, because the Dragon Gate schedule is a little uneven at times, you know, you've got months where you've got six shows that air, and they're all really important, and then you go, you know, two months at times where there's really only the Cork and Hall shows that matter, so we do open the voice gate as needed and i firmly believe that we are the best people when it comes to covering dragon gate i don't think anybody does it as in depth or as interesting i don't think anybody else has the knowledge that we do about the promotion well case for what it's worth i i will give my ringing endorsement about open the voice gate i think you and mike are the authority on, on dragon gate for the english you know speaking audience like you know we used to have iheart dg that's gone you know, now now Jay's doing uh, commentary for uh, Dragon Gate now. Good gig for him. <laughs> we'll see how how often he's able to do that. But like for me, it's, it's, like, it's so I, funny that if I want to, Jay- yeah, sorry, I, if I want to, like you know, know something about you know you know Dragon Gate, I'll, I'll I'll go to your Twitter. I'll go to Mike's Twitter. I'll listen to Open the Voice Gate, and I just want to say like one thing I really enjoy about the show is like I think you two have such excellent chemistry with one another it's it's such an easy listen because it sounds like you just like you said you're you two are friends and it comes across through each and every episode that i've listened to oh i'm glad to hear that thank you very much we uh we really like the product we've been putting out as of late and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that after a, a rough few years Drangate has really rebounded and has become the exciting promotion that i initially fell in love with yeah, I'm very excited about 2020. I kind of fell off watching Dragon Gate in the last couple of years. I came back with, you know, the, the return of Pac and then kind of fell off again. But I'm really, really excited about this 2020. I like this new kind of three unit uh, direction they're going with. And I like, you know, all, one thing I'm really excited about, the, young gen, the, the younger generation of Dragon Gate, there's so many talented dudes in that company right now. 
yeah, we'll we'll talk about it when we get into this match, but no company in the world, because, you know, American wrestling is such a disaster when it comes to training and developing students. But even in Japan, no one churns out talent the way Dragon Gate does. If you look at their dojo history, starting in 2004 with Shingo Takagi, there are some duds in there. There are guys that didn't pan out or guys that never really became essential players, but their batting average is terrific. They know how to create stars for that promotion. And I think it's an incredible thing. And they've got it again in 2020. We just had two guys debut on their uh, December 22nd show, two new guys that will probably eat pinfalls and lariats and kicks the entire year, but they will eventually grow into commodities in the company. And they've got a new generation that's ready to go and ready to fight and ready to perform on a big stage and it's it's just a they do a marvelous job with creating new talent yeah so before we get into the actual match we're going to review like i did mention that you are uh, an expert on the strong heart so let's talk a bit about about that, about that before we get into the the match itself so you if i need information about the strong hearts case you're the guy i i send a, a tweet or, or a dm to case what what match should i watch or uh where, when did this match happen that i heard about and you you will be the one to tell me what what prompted like kind of this you know, this, you know, devout following to towards the Strongheart unit. Well, the Stronghearts are mostly made up of guys that were Dragon Gate trueborns. Shima, T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, those are kind of the big three in Stronghearts. And in May 2017, they split from Dragon Gate. I had heard rumblings for a while that Shima in particular was very unhappy with certain things in Dragon Gate, but... Shima leaving Dragon Gate was never a, a real possibility in my mind. That was something that seemed so far-fetched and so insane that I just ignored the, that particular rumor that was going around. And then sure enough, one day Shima pieces out and he takes T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, and Takahiro Yamamura, who were three of their brightest prospects, and creates the strong. Hearts unit, and for a while, Stronghearts was mainly doing their work in Wrestle One in Japan. And Wrestle One is a company that before Stronghearts came, I had not watched a single second of. It was something I did not care about, something I had no interest in, something that I was not going to have interest in. And even when Stronghearts first invaded, they first showed up uh, and wrestled their first matches on on June twenty second, two thousand eighteen. And I was late to watching it. I don't think I watched those matches until probably the end of July because I was so put off by Shima leaving and it was Wrestle One. Who really cares about Wrestle One? And then I sat down one day and I watched those matches and I, I thought, oh my God, Shima is once again reinventing himself and he's going to take over the wrestling landscape with this group of renegade talent that he has. And so I've just fallen in love with the strong hearts idea that they are these guys that are going from territory to territory and dominating and they look great they have great matches they've shown up in all elite wrestling which truthfully warms my heart because i think shima is maybe the most influential wrestler of the 21st century and to see him perform on a big american stage is just special to me i i think he's so talented and i'm glad he's had that spotlight and as we're speaking now owe uh, with strong hearts is running their first ever show in cork and hall and i've been monitoring that i think it's just a really exciting young group of talent with Shimos. If for my money, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, he is leading this charge. I find it to be very, very exciting and very different from what we're seeing with most of professional wrestling right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Strong Hearts unit when they show up in Wrestle One or more recently, like Big Japan for Wrestling. So definitely for all of you who are who are interested in the Strong Hearts, Shima, T Hog, Elendeman, and and various other members of that unit or OWE, definitely check out uh, Case. We'll we'll throw out his Twitter handle at the end of the show. Uh, so Case, let's talk about this week's episode, this week's match. What are we going to watch? What are we going to talk about? So we are talking about Jusha Thunder Liger versus Dragon Gate's Ata from July 20th, 2016. This was an opening round match in the 2016 Super J Cup, the sixth incarnation of the Super J Cup. It was New Japan hosted, basically a New Japan tournament, plus a few outsiders. And Jushin Thunder Liger versus Ata was one of the few bright spots in what turned out to be a completely disastrous tournament. Yeah, I went to the second second night at the RIK Coliseum, and I, I can 
uh, you confirmed that that was a shit show. <laughs> like it was terrible. Like Taichi well, just it's... ruined everything. <laughs> I this is where my hatred, my deep seated hatred of Taichi, uh, stems from from this particular tournament. But um, so let's talk about his opponent. This, of course, uh, this show, this match emanates from Cork and Hall, uh, one of the best places to watch wrestling on the planet. Um, tell us about Ata Case. Yeah. So the the long story short on Ata is that. He was a 2010 graduate of the Dragon Gate Dojo, um, or I'm sorry, 2011 rather. Um, he is someone who has such a long and complicated career of ups and downs, ebbs and flows. He was sent to Mexico in 2012 by Dragon Gate um, to hone his craft there. And if you know anything about Ata, you know that he almost did not come back from Mexico. So he loved it so much there. He loved the culture. He loved the style of wrestling that it was a fight for Drangate to get him back. But he eventually did come back in the summer of 2013. He formed a unit uh, with T-Hawk, the aforementioned T-Hawk, um, called the Millennials. And their goal was to destroy anyone born before 1994. Um, he did that with T-Hawk for a few years. They were a dominant tag team. They were a tremendous unit in the Dragon system. Um, and then around 2015, the unit broke up. Ata started going out on his own, and things changed. He started dealing with injuries. His motivation levels didn't look the same, and it went from he was this blue-chip prospect who you could not miss to all of a sudden Ata was really not that big of a commodity in Drangate, and people started wondering if he was ever going to write the ship because he came into the promotion with such talent and was such a great prospect. And something changed in 2016 where he started to put it all together, and he really shined his brightest in a May 2016 match with Akira Tozawa and Korokan Hall. And that match, followed by a match with Susumu Yokozuka a month later, made everyone take notice of Eita and go, oh my god, this guy could be the face of the promotion one day. And those two matches really spoke to Western fans. I think in particular a lot of the buzz at the time regarding drag gate was what are they doing with this Ata guy is he going to be the face of the promotion one day and him coming into this match with Liger was this huge opportunity he was the hottest act in Dragon Gate and he was wrestling a legend like Jushin Thunder Liger in Cork and Hall of all places it was a really big deal for me and the Dragon Gate community at the time yeah so as we start the video uh like I noticed right away the crowd is super hot and I have to think there's a, a, a large contingent of Dragon Gate fans in this building because, like, you can hear definite support for Ada in, in this match against, a, you know, an absolute, you know, New Japan legend in Jushin Thunder Liger here. Yeah, it is such an interesting dynamic because at the time, Dragon Gate was selling out Cork and Hall every month, month after month. They were dominating the Tokyo area, which is odd because they're not a Tokyo-based promotion, but they always have drawn very well in Cork and Hall. And this kind of 2014 to 2017 period, they were selling out Cork and Hall guaranteed every month standing room only. And Ata, like I said, was having his best matches in Cork and Hall, the match with Tozawa and the match with Susumu. So coming into this match, it was an audience that knew him, and there was just an, an aura to this match where it felt like a really big deal where I don't think the rest of the matches during the Super J Cup, they never hit that level. I mean, you had, you know, Will Ospreay, Teton, which was a nice little match, and uh, Taguchi versus Daisuke Harada, which was looked at as a big one, and then Kushida versus Taiji, Amor Taiji Ishimori, which had invented the show, but they didn't have that feel that this match had, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with Jushin Thunder Liger. Obviously, he's a living legend. He was 51 at the time, and had, had gone around the world and dominated. I mean, he was Jushin Thunder Liger, but... Ata was such a key component in this match because he brought a youthfulness and attitude to this match that was it's just hard to describe and and there's really no good comparison for it because at the time and I've watched more Ata than just about anybody this is the best per period of Ata's career he, he was at the top of his game and it's such a shame that you know a year later I was screaming on a podcast about how he was wasting his potential and how he was never as good as he was in 2016. And although I enjoy his work now, Ata's 2016 is is unrivaled. It's by far the peak of his career. So I have a quick question. So his f slogan is Ata no Molstar. So for me, and for maybe a lot of other listeners, what does that mean exactly, Case? That 
I, I honestly do not know. There for a long time, and I thought it was the funniest thing. Other people did not. Other people took issue with the humor that myself and some of the other voices of wrestling people got out of this. But for the longest time in Corkett Hall, there was a big banner that read Ata No Molestar, which, you know, in English can be taken in a lot of different ways. None of them all that great. Um, Or I guess it's kind of a positive message. I guess they're saying Ata does not do that. But I, I do not know what translation they were going for. For there, all I know is that it created some accidental accidental humor that I very much enjoyed. Okay, well, you know what? For for the sake of our show here today, Case, we'll we'll just assume that it that it, he's declaring that he's not a molester. He doesn't touch anyone in an unbecoming way. So good for him. I I wholeheartedly support that notion myself. So uh, as we start the match, yeah, v- very much a good message, a confusing sign. Yes, definitely. Uh, so as we start the match, we see Ada come out. He's wearing the sweet cape and is accompanied by one Masaki Mochizuki. So I guess they were aligned at this point in his career in 2016. So let me, so this was actually not the first time that Masaki Mochizuki had accompanied someone to the ring in 2014, when Ricochet uh, challenged Kota Ibushi for the IWGP junior heavyweight title that was coming straight off of Ricochet winning the best of the super juniors uh masaki mochizuki although they were not in the same unit mochizuki accompanied him to the ring this was the same situation uh, in 2016 with eta eta was an over generation at the time which was a unit of both young and old talent but the the veteran talent there was gama dragon kid and shima uh masaki mochizuki was not involved but masaki mochizuki is so respected i guess that he's allowed to show up wherever he wants and accompany whoever he wants so it was a delightful Surprise for me to see Mochizuki on the side there, because if you've listened to the Open the Voice Gate podcast, you already know. But I think Masaki Mochizuki is one of the 10 greatest professional wrestlers of all time. I know that might sound extreme if you've never seen his work or never heard of him, but I can give you a lengthy list of Mochizuki matches to go watch. I think he is, simply put, one of the most talented people to ever wrestle a match. And he just happened to be the second in this legendary junior heavyweight match. Next, we see uh, Jushin Thunder Liger come out, and we see the uh, legendary Liger cosplayer in the crowd uh, as uh, as Jushin Liger comes out. Uh, there's a big response for Liger as well, so the crowd is like evenly supporting both Ata and Liger here. Uh, Ata starts uh, the match really hot. He he's not fucking around here, Case. He immediately goes after Liger, even before Liger is able to get his his cape off with a huge drop kick, followed by this beautiful plancha over the top rope and just like taking wiping Liger out in the first two minutes of this match. In the first thirty seconds, even I mean, it is it is instant. Ada jumps him before the bell, hits this beautiful drop kick, and then hits an insane top rope dive on the floor to Liger and. If you go back and watch this match and then watch the 1994 Super J Cup match between Liger and Hayabusa, it's a first round matchup. Ata and Hayabusa approach this match in identical fashion. If you look at them side by side, they are doing the exact same thing. And I found this on Twitter as I was kind of refreshing my memory on this match. Chris Charlton posted some quotes from Ata regarding this on his Twitter. I don't know if this was an interview that Charlton did or if it came from a a wrestling magazine. I could not find the source of it. But according to Ata, um, he says, and I quote, Liger's music starts playing. And for a second, I was brought back to being a fan. It was such a surreal feeling being in the opposite corner. But then the second I saw him come out, I dropped that. And I told myself, you've got to move. And then Ata goes on to say that he didn't know he was doing a Hayabusa tribute until people started texting him so he went back and watched the match afterwards and noticed that he did the exact same thing i think a lot of people thought it was a hayabusa tribute because although eta comes from the dragon gate dojo and a lot of people credit that training to shima eta is a dragon kid guy and eta or dragon kid is to eta as hayabusa was to dragon kid those were their mentors and kind of their spiritual leaders and so a lot of people looked at that as a hayabusa tribute but according to eta it was merely a coincidence wow lovely coincidence at that so uh one thing i want to note as we continue is that the the referee for this match i don't know his name but he's from noah which i thought was a nice touch that you don't have any bias you don't have a dragon gate or a new japan referee uh, officiating this match so like good 
nice touch of detail there. Like, you have a completely unbiased referee uh, officiating the match. Uh, from here, they're still on the floor. Liger reverses an Irish whip on the outside and sends Ada into the steel post. From here, uh, Ada ducks a clothesline from Liger, and Liger ends up hitting the post instead. Uh, one note I want to make is, like, I- I'm watching this show that's happening in 2016, and I-, and I see a friend of mine, Fraser Marriott, who some people might know as the guy who went to every G1 Climax, you know, tournament show uh, a couple years ago. And he's in the front row. And I I was watching this. I texted him. I said, hey, I see you in the front row at this show. He's like, yeah, it was easier to get tickets for uh, Corican Hall New Japan shows back in 2016. <laughs> now, nowadays, not so much. Even for him, he's a, and he's a he's a fan club member. So shout outs to Fraser Marriott there. Uh, both men get back in the ring and... Ada immediately goes to the already damaged left arm of uh, Jushin Thunder Liger with the stomps to his arm. Just, I thought, really smart strategy on his part in this match uh, uh, case. Yes. So a, a few things to note. First of all, when you mentioned the brawling on the outside, when Liger throws Ata into the post, Ata goes straight into that post in a similar way to where uh, during the Brian Daniels and Nigel McGinnis uh, match in the UK for Ring of Honor, where Nigel is shoot headbutting the steel post, Ata basically does that. I don't know if he meant to get his hand up and didn't, but Ata runs straight into the steel post and a minute into the match, he's done a drop kick, a dive to the floor, and then he's bleeding from his head. And it is such a chaotic way to start this match. And then as you mentioned, they get in the ring and Ata starts targeting Liger's arm because Ata's finishing maneuver uh, is known as the numero uno, which is this arm trap submission that at the time was one of the most protected moves, uh, not only in Dragon Gate, but when your move is protected in Dragon Gate by proxy, it becomes one of the most protected moves in wrestling. And a large part of Ata's journey to the top of the Dragon Gate card was targeting Akira Tozawa with this numero uno submission. They built a feud entirely off of this numero uno submission in 2000. 2014, where Ata, who was again this youngster, he was new to the company, he kept on forcing Akira Tozawa, Akira Tozawa to tap out with this move, and Akira Tozawa's friend Shingo and Yoshino and even Ricochet to an extent started wondering if Tozawa was as strong as them, if Tozawa was too weak to be in their unit because this young guy was submitting them. But as it turns out, Ata just had a phenomenal submission finisher that he still uses to this day, and he submitted Tozawa with it um, and then attempted to submit Liger with it and a lot of this match is built off of the arm work of Ata and wrenching in this submission that it's one of those submissions that I don't entirely know how it works in the grand scheme of professional wrestling but it looks like it hurts so much every time he puts it on I'm a huge fan of what he does with that move yeah so we'll get back to that move I think I had a question in my notes like what is he doing here with that move but we'll, we'll get to that so he, he's targeting the arm with stops he also uh, you know weakens the arm some more with several arm drags and twists um, and then we see uh, a majority of the crowd is firmly behind Liger at this point because like you know Ada's just dominating Liger up to this you know the first you know third of this match so far uh liger is able to turn the tide with a tilt to world backbreaker one of his signature moves liger hits ada with a big vertical suplex brain buster on the hard floor of cork and hall he, he wasn't even trying to hit the, the mats in my opinion here case and from here ada is like busted open from this brain buster i think yeah it's it's either the post that i think the post starts the blood and then the brain buster to the floor after that, it's like, oh, Ata is for sure bleeding. I mean, he's cut open pretty bad. And it's one of those moments that I, I really love because, again, Ata had this confidence to him in 2016 where you really believed in, – and Ata's undersized, but in a company like Drangate, it doesn't necessarily matter – where you really believed that Ata could one day – be a main eventer for what, in my opinion, is the number two promotion in Japan, Dragon Gate. And he seemed to believe that as well at the time. And Ata just had this confidence. I mean, he stepped into the ring with Jushin Liger and was was there with every single move. I mean, he looked like he belonged in the ring with the legend. And it just so happened that at one point he belonged on the floor thanks to a, a brain buster by Liger that was so devastating. Stating it, it was just like, you know, this this Ata kid's good, but he's not as good as me. I still have all of these tricks up my sleeve, and he needs to be careful because I will drop him on his head again if he makes me. Well, one thing I, I want to make a note of before we continue back into the match is that I think 
one thing you can see about Liger is that he works really well when he's kind of like the dominant you know person in the match when he's basically you know calling the shots like he's kind of the bully so to speak like when he's like facing guy who's a little bit smaller than him and he's not that big himself but but like when he's the power wrestler uh, it's it's a really interesting dynamic because like when he's not the one selling but when he's the one like laying the boots on like just beating the shit out of people with like all these power moves it's it's a really interesting dynamic and i think one thing that comes out of it is like all his opponents who are in the underdog position really throughout the course of the match they get over a lot more than if they were the one dominating liger sometimes i completely agree it's my favorite kind of liger match is when he's dominating and i feel very similar uh, uh with hiroshi tanahashi in that respect i think they've done such a masterful job of becoming these great babyface legends that when they decide to flip things a little bit and Liger did it with Sasuke, he did it in the Noah feud uh, when he was invading Noah with Kenta and Marafuji, which that's funny because, you know, Kenta and Marafuji at the time were probably more powerful and a little bit bigger and a little bit tougher than Liger. But Liger was so mean and asserted himself in such a way that he was bullying these two young Noah wrestlers and then he does it again here against Ata, where even if he's not as fast, even if he's not as strong, even if his age is catching up to him a little bit, he knows how to get the upper hand on his opponent. L- Liger's so masterful at that and read audiences and knowing exactly what to do, when to do it. And, you know, I, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, is this one of the greatest Jushin Thunder Liger matches of all time? No, but is it one of my absolute favorite singular match performances of his? Yes. Well, I, I think it goes to this idea that we're looking at his career as a whole, and and one of the things that you have to look at is like his like really unselfishness as a wrestler, as a as a veteran. He his his goal is always to get other people over. You know, like he he's uh, you know assured. He's confident in his own place in wrestling, uh, both as a you know as a historical figure and as like you know a current veteran. And like I, that's one thing I really respect about him is like whether it's against Ada in this match, whether it's against Shima in the match that I talked with uh, Iron Mike Spears about, or whether it's a match against Great Sasuke or in the in the like mid nineties with Shinjiro Otani. Like he's always doing his best to like get these guys over because like he's he knows. I'm Jushin fucking Liger, you know, like, I don't need to get over. I'm already over. And it's it's something like, you know, like, a lot of other veterans in the wrestling industry, including in Japan, could, like, learn from, I feel. Well, it's, I mean, we've seen it for a calendar year now. I mean, think about when Liger announced his retirement, the dream matches and the, the one-on-ones and the spectacle that people were jotting down is what they wanted from this Liger retirement tour. And, all of those things would have been great. I would have loved if Liger just dedicated himself to having great matches all around the globe for an entire year. But we saw the most Liger possible retirement ceremony. And as someone that is a big American sports fan, something that has creeped into sports culture lately is these grandiose retirement ceremonies that last an entire season. And whether it's Kobe or Dwayne Wade, every team has to give them a gift and they pay tribute to these guys that were once their opponents. And by the end of the season, I just want them to go away. I'm so sick of, even if they were talented, I'm so sick of the praise and of the spectacle of it all. And, you know, we're five days away, you know, uh, or I guess a week away from Liger retiring. And I have to remind myself of that. Oh yeah. Jushin Thunder Liger is not going to be here a month from now. He will no longer be an active presence in the world of wrestling because he's gone about his retirement retirement tour in a really humble and just different way and maybe it's not what i would have done but i really respect the way liger has gone about everything yeah i i as a fan i would have liked to see a bit more more fanfare but i i do respect that you know he's trying not to make it about himself which you know is keeping with his history but uh back to the match so liger gets back in the ring and there's drama created as ada you know being devastated by this vertical brain buster onto the hardwood floor of cork and hall he's he's struggling to get back in but he gets it back in by the 19 count I, so i'm thinking maybe ghetto must have uh, laid out this match it's it's a it's a very popular trope with uh one ghetto there case you know <laughs> so I, I can't remember if how, how many of how many 19 counts there may have been on this show but if if, if it's a new japan show I'm, I'm thinking ghetto 
laid laid out all the matches and maybe this was like number five of of you know like you know eight matches there was like five of this this is like maybe number three or four of the five who knows i, I have to go back to watch this show but uh <laughs> what, what one note i want to see like you, you, this is a new japan show so a lot of the new japan lions young lions are out there we, i see david finley i see kawato and i see tohanare as young lions it's, it's always good back to go back and watch these shows like i don't know if you do this with dragon gate shows and and see see like oh back in 2011 that guy was a young boy that guy was a young boy oh my god they they all had shaved heads they they look nothing like they do now i i like doing that with both like noah shows and and like with new japan and dragon gate and all japan shows it's like it's always interesting to see like go back like even like three four years ago who was a young lion and where are they now it's one of the many perks and one of the many things that japanese wrestling just does better than its American counterpart. And, and we were discussing before we started recording about just some of our frustrations with American wrestling right now. And it starts at the very, very bottom. It starts at training and these young lions and getting them experienced, just watching matches like this and hopefully emulating them one day. Because one of my biggest complaints right now, not to go off on a tangent, but with American independent wrestling, I, the little bit I know it's like, okay, what tapes are these guys watching? Because a decade ago, Chris, Hero was watching Torimon, and he was watching World of Sport, and he was watching All Japan, and he was watching everything. He was trying to create a little bit of everything. And now guys are watching Attitude Era Raw, and if that's their thing, great. But if I was trying to get a contract, if I was trying to progress in wrestling, I would be watching Dragon Gate. I would be watching the New Japan Juniors. I would be watching the New Japan Heavyweights on more than just Wrestle Kingdom. And I think that is when you are in that environment and you when you absorb all of this greatness right in front of you, I think it becomes much easier to progress. And yes, that is one of those things I do with Dragon Gate shows. Of You, know, you go back and look at a show from 2010 and you might see a, a young Ata or a young T-Hawk seconding somebody. And that's fun for someone that's been following the company for a long time. Well, you know, just if I'm going to just join you just briefly on that tangent there case like i think most people are uh, on the american indies are, are watching a lot of uh ddt and uh chikara but that's just my opinion but you know I, that's all i'm gonna say about that uh, getting back into the match uh, <laughs> we see uh jason thunder liger attempt murder on ada with this vicious power bomb uh from there liger puts on the romero special on ada and now at this point though while he's you know while ada's like you know, the underdog in the match and Liger's in control. We now hear the crowd calling for Ada. They're firmly behind supporting this guy in his struggle to come back against uh, the viciousness, the absolute like beating he's taking from Liger here case. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that because I've got that in my notes as well as this was the point point where I felt like the crowd really got on board with this match because I think by this point both guys had done big enough moves whether it be Ata's dive or the Liger brain buster and then the power bomb where the crowd really started to take notice and from there a lot of this match is grounded it's submission based it's it's a little bit slower in pace given what you might expect from these two but the crowd is so into it they're into every single move and you know not to keep repeating myself but it speaks to one, the power of Jushin Thunder Liger. And I think if this match happens a year after the fact, if this happens in the in the summer of 2017, the crowd is just not going to care as much because Ato was in a different stage of his career at that point. But this was just right place, right time, where Ato was a truly special commodity and him wrestling Liger felt like a really big deal. And I think the crowd recognized that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so from here, we see uh, a big shote to the chest of Ada that sends the younger man down. Uh, Ada tries to come back, but is cut short by a kick to the gut and a thunderous chop to, e- to Ada's chest. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, Ada is finally able to come back with a kick to Liger's head and then a missile drop kick that sends Liger to the other corner. And this is all done from the outside. So Liger, like Ada's on the apron. He does a high kick to Liger's head that staggers him. Then he does the springboard drop kick. Just absolutely absolutely beautiful sequence that is like is able to turn the tide for ada here uh he's able to string together a series of strikes moves including a rolling seated dropkick followed by a standing moonsault for a one two oh only a two count here case liger is able to kick out but like at this point like ada is like now in control of the match yeah and i think a lot of that sequence you just talked about speaks to what i enjoy so much about dragon gate in 
I think what is uh, maybe a, an unfair detractor of the product at times because these guys are so good that what they're doing can almost look robotic at times, but it's really just Dragon Gate is a company that house style is built off of t- timing and technique and perfection. Masato Yoshino, when he's training guys, stresses perfection to everybody. And Ata, even just this little string of moves, it's boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh my, oh, what just happened? Ata just hit four things. And it's not that he's rushing through spots. It's not that he needs to slow things down. He's just flawless in his execution. And that, more than anything, to me, is the Dragon Gate house style. Yeah, Ada dodges a Shote and takes Liger down with this gorgeous Fujiwara armbar. And, like, one thing I, I want to note is that, you know, like, we're talking about, like, kind of the dojo system of Dragon Gate. Is like, I think people forget that they all think it's, like, just, like, lucha-based and it's high-flying. But there's a lot of variety in how these guys are trained. They're trained in submissions. They're trained in grappling as well, depending on their background. But it's not just, like, big move, big move, like, high-flying, high-flying, or anything. It's like, there's a lot of uh, submission work and grappling if if you're able to explore deep into the roster here. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, for whatever reason, Dragon Gate still has the stigma of being a no-psychology spot-fest promotion. I don't understand where it comes from because I've just never picked up on that. But there's when, when Drangate trains guys, most of they, they don't have one specific trainer. Every day, someone new is in the dojo. So one day, you'll be doing cardio with Dragon Kid. The next day, you'll be learning submissions from Super Shisa. The next day, you'll be doing character worth with Genki Horiguchi. It's a constant rotating cast of characters in the dojo. And so although not everyone on the roster might be well-versed in submission, you are going to have someone come into the dojo at some point that is going to teach you how to do this, this, and this, and some guys excel at it and some guys don't. Eita is one of those guys who very much excels at grappling and groundwork and kind of the Yave T2P style, and he... This Fujiwara armbar that you mentioned is maybe the most exciting portion of the match, uh, at least up to this point, because Eita is trying to rip Jushin Thunder's Liger's arm off with this it is not a scientific fujiwara armbar it is a brutal fujiwara armbar there is there is technique there in the sense that he applied it but he is just brutal in the way he wrenches on liger's arm and to this point it's my favorite part of the match because you can really feel cork and hall buzzing at this point oh yeah totally like you hit the nail right on the head there in case like it's it's a brutal Fujiwara armbar. I'm all for it. I love shit like that. Anyways, Liger is able to survive and he's able to escape the move by getting a foot on the bottom rope. Uh, Liger meets a charging Ada in the middle of the ring and finally connects with a Shote. Uh, Ada ducks the follow-up Shote and hits Liger with a super kick to the chest and applies, I guess the this is where, like in my notes, I, I'm not sure what the move is. I guess this is the El Numero Uno submission move that you were talking about. Yes, I believe this is at the point where he does that, where he's kind of in almost a side position, and then he starts wrenching Liger's arm backwards, kind of across his body. I believe that's what you're referring to here, but that's the numero uno. And that is, for a while, was the submission that was defining his character and defining large storylines in Drangia. They're all built off of this move, and he puts this move on Liger, and it is the most vicious numero uno I have seen. And he is wrenching, and he is pulling... And Liger eventually gets to the ropes, but it is it is a thrilling sequence. And I was watching this show live. Um, both of the Super J Cups uh, this year, the first stage and the second stage, I reviewed for VoiceOfWrestling.com. And this was one of those shows where it was the middle of summer. I obviously didn't have school. I must not have had to get up for work the next morning. And so I was like, you know, I'll drink an energy drink, watch this show live. And in the moment, this I remember just going, like, oh, my God, I think Ata is going to beat Liger here like this was a really big spot and a really big deal. Well, not not just you, Case. Like, everyone in Cork and Hall seemingly thought that this could be, like, the, the this could be it for Liger because this crowd starts going nuts, and there's, like, this big call for Liger, you know? And, like, and then, yeah, the whole thing is, like, Ada's, like, he, he's just cranking on this move, and I'm just, like, I think, because I, I can't remember the result of this match because it was, like, back in, you know, 2016. I'm, like, wait, does he win this match? Does he lose this match? I can't remember. So I, I'm into it too. Like I'm like, holy shit! Like Ada's gonna win. He's gonna go through the, this tournament. But you know, Liger, you know, being the legend and being the veteran, being the tough hombre that he is, he's able to get out and he gets a foot on the ropes. Uh, 
Ada, though, to his credit, goes right back to hitting the arm. He hits the ropes, ducks a shote, but Liger catches him with uh, a Fez press into a pin, but only gets a two on Ada. And so I, I feel like at this point, they're, they're ranking, ratching things up and they're go- getting into the crescendo of the match here case. Yeah, absolutely. I love that Fez press pin Liger does. I don't know anybody, especially in modern wrestling, that does that move and it's I mean, it's so simple. I mean, it is arguably the most basic thing that happens in this match. But I, watching it back, I was like, yeah, somebody needs to take that. I That's like a, a, a not a flash pin, but it, it you know created a dramatic two count there off of a move that was practically nothing. And then maybe you can take us out with the, the next set of uh, sequences for after that Fez press there. Oh, I, I, uh, I don't know if I can. I, I know eventually... Um, Ata hits what is basically a modified cop killer, uh, which was the move that Homicide used. He drops Liger kind of right on his head. And then from there, my notes go into the finish. I don't know if you're at that point or if you want me or if you want to backtrack a little bit and if I miss some stuff. No, no, no. Okay, there we go. I want you to do the finish that case. Yeah, no. uh, Liger hits a palm strike, a brain buster, and that's the pen. And he is victorious in Cork and Hall. Ata loses valiantly in defeat. But he, he ultimately loses, and it was it broke my heart at the time. I, I was convinced that Ata was winning this match. Well, you know, like, one thing I, we got to mention is that the, 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 the match time was 9 minutes and 12 seconds. And, and to both guys' credit, it doesn't feel like a short match. It feels like it should have been a lot longer, like, when you're watching it. Because all these things happen in this match, and they all feel so natural, and they and they flow, you know, really well into one another. And so I thought, wow, what was that? Was that like a 12, 15-minute match? And then I look at it, it's like, it's nine minutes. It's under 10 minutes? Wow. I was really shocked by the, the runtime of this match case. Yeah, it's a nine-minute match, which is so funny given the second stage of the Super J Cup where everything went long and everything felt big and overdone and i remember talking with a wrestler who was on that second super jacob show and i asked him like yeah it seemed like it was a little little weird he's like oh yeah that show that show missed nothing on that show worked and it's just it's amazing that they had a formula here on night one of exactly what to do and that they didn't follow it for night two it was a real bummer because this in nine minutes i mean ata you know, never left Drangate. He, he's never had the chance to spread his wings. And I, I don't anticipate that he's going to leave the company. And I honestly, I hope he does it because I think he's such a valuable piece of the promotion. But if Ata had gone from this match and then waltzed into New Japan the next week, he would have been king of the juniors at that point. I mean, he was a made star in the building on that night. He outshined IWGP Junior. Your heavyweight champion Kushida. He outshined GHC junior heavyweight champion Taiji Ishimori. This night was about Ata and Jushin Thunder Liger. Liger was obviously the star coming in. Ata was the star going out. Yeah, so I, I thought just a, a great sprint match, and like definitely Ata comes out of this looking stronger than ever because like even though he lost, it it doesn't matter. Like he he took it to Jushin Thunder Liger. He took it to this guy who everyone knows and everyone sees as this absolute legend and you know like it, there's no, no shame in you know for a younger wrestler to succumb to Liger's like vast experience in wrestling uh post-match we see Liger he's showing his respect to Ada by putting the ice pack on the poor guy's neck there's a big Ada call from the fans uh Liger lifts him up shakes his hand and and hugs him again telling the fans how much he respects Ada which I think was such a great touch for him to do yeah, it's another one of those Liger being selfless examples. And, I, you know, I don't know if there was anything in the fold. I, I mean, there was a rumor for a while that Ato was going to work a best of the Super Juniors because Drangate guys had done that in the past. It obviously never went anywhere. But, yeah, it was just another example of Liger being selfless. And, and Ata, this was his apex. He went on from this match. He won the Open the Brave Gate Championship at Drangate's Kobe World, their biggest show of the year. Four days later, that's their secondary title, but it was his first singles title. And to go from, again, this this three- or four-month stretch that I referenced in the past where he goes to a 20-minute draw against Akira Tozawa, he wrestles Jimmy Susumu and Corkin Hall in this match-of-the-year contender, match-of-the-decade contender for Drangate standards, and then loses the Liger and then wins his first singles title all within a matter of months. 
it really felt like Ito was on the verge of becoming something great. Yeah, I mean, in 2019, I feel he's like one of these like tentpole guys in the Dragon Gate promotion. He's, I guess, he's the de facto leader of of, of the Red Unit. Um, I, I, I'm more like you know interested in, in watching Dragon Gate going forward since like the the Final Gate show and the the most recent Corkin as of this recording. Uh, so I, I'm excited to get back into uh, Dragon Gate, and of course, like with that being said, I, I'm very interested in in uh, listening to uh, Open the Voice Gate some more. So uh, with that being said, Case, like let's get some plugins. Where can more people find Case Low? Yeah, so you can follow me at underscore in your case on Twitter. Uh, that is the best place to find me. Um, I tweet pretty much exclusively Dragon Gate, Stronghearts, Indiana Pacers, back basketball and uh music that not a lot of people like um although if you're a smiths fan you are in the right spot for that um that is the best place to find me um like i said earlier the open the voice gate podcast with mike spears on the voices wrestling podcasting network um and all of the shows on voices of wrestling because you know i love the work we do um likely by the time this comes out or uh, god willing by the time this comes out uh the 2019 new japan ebook that voices of wrestling puts out will be available uh that is the best project wrestling in my opinion every year rich Krejci kills himself over this ebook that by the end of it is completely worth it it will have statistics reviews detailed profiles everything you want to know about new japan pro wrestling will be in this book and a little bit of my writing is in there i didn't do a ton this year because uh, i had just other stuff going on but the the new japan ebook and the open the voice Gate podcast on my twitter at underscore in your case are kind of the main places to find me and then i've also got one more plug that i i just might as well mention here but i have a new uh podcasting venture unrelated to wrestling uh but the podcast art school albums uh, is my podcast where every week i attempt to curate the ultimate art school playlist by breaking down an album track by track with some of the funniest people i know um so whether it be uh neutral milk hotels and the airplane over the sea the smiths the queen is dead those sorts of of albums that have a cult following or a history and, a, and an aura to them that is kind of my new podcasting venture so if you're interested in that feel free to check it out as well oh yeah definitely you know case you just said dismiss i'm like oh my god you like dismiss too like we we, we are destined no, to obsessed we are we are destined to someday meet in person i feel maybe through our our mutual friend uh <laughs> joey bay will be the, the the link to that and uh you know he's gonna now he's gonna be like finally they said my name He's probably waiting the whole episode <laughs> to hear his his name here. So Joey, don't worry, we said your name. You know, Case can say say his name so he hears it from both of us. Oh, Joey Bay, you know I love you. Yes, there you go. So Joey, I know you're like dancing in, in your little you know uh, man cave with all your towels and and issues of uh, shoe pro in your in, on the wall of your basement. So like. You know, you're welcome. Anyways, uh, Case, thank you so much for taking time out to do this show with me. Added so much insight, great, great information on Ada, and I really appreciate it. And hopefully, we can do something together in the future. Uh, for myself and for Case, I want to thank all listeners for listening. Uh, we're, we're approaching the kind of the tail end of the series. Uh, we got several more episodes left in the can, but you know, like I want to say, uh, I appreciate all the support people have been showing. And uh, until the next episode, I will say to everyone, goodbye. <laughs>